science communication continues to rise as more and more Filipinos see its relevance in our world today. Science communication is not only about informing the public about scientific discoveries and terms, but it's also used to influence decision-making through science communication that is very evidence-based. When we know more about science, we also build trust and acceptance with it. So now it's important to bring more people here to make science accessible and to debunk myths that surround it. We invited one of our resident science communicators, Kami Navarro, to talk to us today about the wonders of science communication. Okay, so I guess to start things off, Kami, maybe if you'd like to talk more about the work you do right now in science communication. Uh, okay, so currently I'm affiliated with NUS, specifically the National University of Singapore. Specifically, they have their Synthetic Biology Institute. And what I do is I support the researchers there whenever they need to communicate anything. So whether that's the grant proposals or the academic papers that they publish, if they need to communicate to the media about their latest scientific findings, then that's where I come into play and I help them out. And, you know, hopefully uh, develop their own science communication skills in the process. So it's more of academic science communication, which is one of the many, 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 many different forms um, of science communication that there are. So there's also, my previous experience was in media. So I was part of a STEM media agency, and that one was a lot more, I would say, consumer-friendly. So very, you know, magazines, very shiny videos, TikTok, and all that. Okay, thank you so much, Kami. Maybe you can talk to us more about your journey, like first as an MBB student and then suddenly shifting into a science communication career. Okay, so uh, as you mentioned, I took up MBB in college and MBB stands for Molecular Biology and Biotechnology. And it was one of the approved courses because I came from Philippine Science High School. And so I, even in high school, I always liked biology, so it made sense to go into MBD. Over the course of MBD, I really enjoyed it, like not gonna lie, but I always struggled with the laboratory aspect of things. It didn't come easily to me. There were some experiments that, you know, I would break things. I would not be able to to measure some chemicals correctly, and um, I could not handle my mice because I was too scared of them, stuff like that. And um, I realized that maybe doing laboratory experiments wasn't exactly what I was cut out for. And so after I graduate, I was graduated, I was wondering what I could do because, you know, for most people, it just makes sense that, you know, after you finish a science course, of course you go into research and you become a research scientist. So I really struggled with looking for a field where I could still be in science, but not have to do the science, if that made any sense. And it was good that when I graduated as well, I found out about this competition that was being run by Novartis. At the time, it was called um, the International Biotechnology Leadership Camp, and it was a more entrepreneurial conference meant to develop business skills in science students, and I attended that. And then there, I realized that I actually enjoyed um, that process of communicating science, you know, in these uh, business pitch presentations. Like, I really enjoyed making the pitch deck. And I think that was the experience that really solidified my, exper- my, my wanting to go into, into, 
into communications because I didn't enjoy the business side either. So basically, it was a process of an elimination, if I were to be honest. It was like, I love science, but I didn't like the lab work. I don't want to be in the business part of it, but hey, I love the comms part of it. So that is the long story short of how I ended up into science communication. So I guess like, like after you graduated, entering these different like experiences and careers, that's when you realize that science communication is something that you want to pursue and something you want to delve deeper into. Like, because it's such a it's such a new field here. I mean, in the Philippines also, it's it's kind of hard to explain it to I guess mm. the older generations. Like they like what you said, a lot of people who are in STEM courses, MBB or any any other course, they still think that your path is either research or like. Medicine, like those are the medicine. only two careers you can get into. So it's very interesting to hear your story. Also, like, what got you excited about science communication? Can you provide, I guess, some examples of how SciCom is applied in like everyday life, everyday activities? Ah, uh, sure. So I think for us Filipinos, the most prominent would probably be kapag may bagyo. Yung mga pag-asa advisory, I think it's still the colors, yung parang yellow, orange, chaka red. I yeah. mean, that is science communication. When Taal was uh, acting up and they would raise alert level one, mga ganun, that's science communication. I mean, it's very dry science communication, mind you, but it's science communication nonetheless. The COVID-19 bulletin, that's also science communication. So I think that's an unrecognized Uh, science to me, form of science communication that is always that you always encounter. Um, but otherwise, you know the scientific article, the science articles that you read in uh, Rappler and GMA News Online, whatever news outlet you prefer, that science communication on TikTok, there's science communication in YouTube and TV shows as well. Neil deGrasse Tyson, Bill Nye. So we have a lot of uh, science communication avenues. So beyond the government science communication efforts, which are quite dry, I think other applications of science communication that we encounter in our daily lives would be um, on the news. You know, um, if like the when the black hole, anything new about space or dinosaurs, you know, those are also forms of science communication, climate change communication. Whenever the IPCC releases a report, and then all the news outlets pick that up, that's science communication. And there's also a growing movement of science communication on TikTok, especially like people just using the weirdest and most insane memes to make science more accessible to those who aren't in science itself. So yeah, there's a really whole wild world of um, science communication out there, including this podcast, which is also science communication. Yep. Yeah, and I think what people, maybe now, like some people think science communication is really limited to just writing, but there are really different formats of it. Like what you mentioned, there's the news, um, videos, podcasts, even artists, artists who communicate or design these books mm. and um, other materials. They're also considered science communication, right? And I guess it's also important, like, at a young age for kids to appreciate it better also like when they talk about science that science communication you know it's not limited to the hard science or the intimidating kind of science that a lot of kids or a lot of students feel now so yeah thank you 
thank you, Kami, for sharing that. Oh, sorry. Would you would you like to add to that? Yeah. Uh, what what you were saying was that um, you know it would be great if even at a young age kids would recognize that what they are doing is science. Is science communication, and that reminded me of you know your your Facebook update a couple of I think a couple of weeks ago. Nah, you were saying something like you know you didn't consider yourself a science communicator, yeah. but then but then now you do. I mean, you don't have to have a STEM degree. Like you could be a graphic yeah. designer, <laughs> and you could still be a science communicator. So yeah, I love how accessible the field is, and it's definitely something that's open to everyone. Like everyone, kung kahit na business yung degree mo or kahit wala kang degree, yeah, it's a very accessible field. Yeah, that's true. Like STEM is really like science is everywhere now, and it takes a lot of people. Like it takes people in the field to really like um, see that kind of perspective, like appreciate it more. So thank you so yeah. much, Kami. I guess going back to how science communication is a very it's a relatively new field or concept here in the Philippines. So. Since you're talking about like younger students or kids, like how can we make this more known to them? Like these young Filipino learners in maybe grade school, high school, about the whole idea of or concept of science communication. I think that it's about having more role models in the field, and of course, that's what Pinaiskan STEM is also about, right? So just really raising the visibility that these people, that these kinds of women, these kinds of science communicators and scientists, they exist like they're they're there and i think that's a great starting point already and from there hopefully the students can can reach out and ask questions if they're too shy they can email or slide into the dms and so yeah i i find that's ultimately how to make it more known to the younger learners um i mean it would be great if it were something that was included in the curriculum but i'm not sure when that would Or if it's possible to have to make that happen, because there is a lack of trained science communicators, you know, at the collegiate level already. So I think also, you know, at the basic education level, I mean, it might be. I, I, well, I don't know how many. So yeah, it would be great. It would be something to work towards, I think. But in the meantime, at least there are initiatives like Pinoy Can Stand. Pinoy scientists and, in general, um, scientists who are very vocal about their advocacies, who are at least advancing the field and making, and hopefully the younger kids are seeing this and are feeling inspired. Yeah, and I think well, coming from the public also, Kami, like you as well, you've been doing such a great job, also promoting science, especially like not just there in Singapore but also in the Philippines. Like even though you're far away. You still make it a point to like take charge of uh, Pinoy scientists to talk more about the importance of science in the Philippines, and I think slowly the I mean hopefully at least the science communication field will continue to boom. Maybe I hope it gradually yeah. increases as we move forward, especially in COVID. So you mentioned also like role models. So did you have any I guess role models not just in science communication but in STEM like that motivated you to pursue a kind this kind of STEM track. So my first role model would really be my mother because she's 
a dermatologist and she also came from Pisay. So of course, she pushed me towards applying for Pisay as well. And then she was UP Intermed, the fast track medical program. So of course, she also made me apply for Intermed. I'm kind of thankful I didn't pass, to be honest, because I have no intention of becoming a doctor. But yeah, I had her as a role model and she was really my blueprint for, you know, my first uh, initial forays into STEM. And then when I got into MBB, my my principal investigator who I worked under was uh, Dr. Cynthia Saloma, and she is the uh, executive director of the Philippine Genome Center. So I had another excellent role model in her. She's super fabulous and very makwento. And despite that, she still manages to administrate well and you know make sure that excellent science is being done. So what a multitasking queen, right? Um, so those are, I think, are my two early role models. And then now that I'm in the science communication field, I think that we share this role model, which is Dr. Inez Ponce de Leon, who is also very fabulous and maquento, but, you know, manages to teach so well. And yeah, someone I really aspire to be, especially because she's so knowledgeable about the philosophy of science and... I think that she really, alam mo yun, like she really puts theory into her practice and her practice into theory. And it's just so amazing yeah. how she can do it. Yeah. Yeah, she is actually my, because I took up a science communication um, elective back in college. So I really had no idea what science communication meant, as in zero knowledge. <laughs> But it seemed interesting. Um, I faced my fears because I was really scared of science before. So I faced my fears. Okay, I'll, I'll try it out. And then having her as a prof, Um, like a role model like her really, I guess, helped me with that confidence to appreciate science in a different way, like not just in the, as mentioned, like hard science, but, you know, through arts, through expressing what science is, talking about what science is. So shout out to Mam Inez if you're going to be <laughs> listening to this. We idolize you. But yeah, like I, I agree that we've, we've encountered so many role models, like although we don't realize it at first, but they've become like this blueprint or this or this kind of person that we want to aspire to be or like maybe hopefully work alongside them or get to meet mm. them also. So thank you, Kami, for sharing. It's also great that your mom was like one of your first role models. Like, even though you didn't take up like that kind of traditional path, like she really had a big impact on you also. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I grew up with my mom in Davao, so parang sometimes I felt like I had no choice. Pero, I mean, <laughs> I mean, even though I didn't have an initial choice in the matter, right? Like, that was all I knew. I, I mean, I think that maybe in some ways it's genetic, but I, I do think I have a knack for this, which I definitely got from her. Yeah. So it's good na, yun nga, she was there in my life to kind of nudge me in that direction. But I'm sure that if it were otherwise, she would have been supportive just the same. So yeah, it's good to have these supportive role models and I can say the same for Dr. Saloma and um, Ate Inez like when I told her that I was going to because I used to teach at Atenea right and then yeah. I told her that I was going to leave to go to Singapore and she was very supportive of that so I think it's important to have not just role models but supportive ones at that that's true and I guess well besides role models Kami did you ever encounter like having to somehow explain what you do like being a science communicator like explain it to people like maybe your friends or other family members like since it's it's so new in this world so did you have any like difficulties if ever trying to explain it uh so to your first question which is do i have to explain myself yeah. every single time like absolutely every single time <laughs> i meet anyone Um, especially here in Singapore, 
whenever I meet uh, other Filipinos, for instance, because a lot of them are actually from Ateneo and they mm-hmm. tend to work in management, marketing, you know, the creative and business fields. And then here I am, a science communicator, like, what the hell? So, <laughs> so yes, I do have to always explain. And I think the good thing is that because of COVID and because of climate change, which are two of the most pressing issues of our time, it's become a lot easier to yeah. explain what I do and why it's important. But in 2019, I really struggled. I was like, ah, what am I? <laughs> uh, so yeah. I'm sure. Yep, so now it's a lot better. Um, but the way I would say that I'm a science, that I explain science communication is, nga, I just point to the vaccine campaigns or um, to the climate change campaigns. And I think from there, it's very easy for them to get what is science communication but of course you know have to explain that it's not just in health and it's not just in the environment there's also you know you communicate quantum physics for instance that still falls within the realm of science communication engineering like these bridges building roads all of that has facets um, of science communication yeah yeah i think explaining anything around you is considered science communication like i was talking to a friend and she said like Writing manuals, like how to use certain technologies like a TV, a laptop, that is science communication. Like it's something that people don't talk about, but it actually is because you're explaining like how to use this, Mm. um, what happens when this happens and stuff. So yeah, Yeah. very, very interesting. Like I think it's such like given that there's a boost right now of science communication here, like what you mentioned because of climate change, because of COVID, it, it somehow spark the interest of people like they're more interested in knowing more about it and they're also kind of i hope they're inclined i guess to taking the science communication track so um i guess with this how can we better boost it here in the philippines like um given that it's it continues to rise continues to increase like the interest of the philippines like how can we boost it further so my my wish list like my dream would be there's a dedicated like there's really a bs or like a master's in science communication like that is the absolute dream but you know in the absence of that i think it's just to really build up the capacity of trained science communicators who can then on train more science communicators so it's like a pyramid scheme except it's science communication you know getting more people to to join and to become evangelists of science communication so yeah i'm very glad that ateneo and lasal and i think up um Diliman are also offering science communication classes at least you know i mean you're a product of this kind of class right so even one class can can really change your life and influence your career uplb has a science communication program I got my degree at ANU, but I think that it's more advantageous. Like, if you want to help out the Philippines, like, mas maganda talaga kapag local yung yung degree mo, kasi mas relevant yung theories na we discuss. So that's one. Another way to boost it would really be to improve our basic education system, science literacy. Um, as you mentioned, Diane, you were saying that you know you were scared of science, and I mean, I don't know why you're scared of science, but I. I think for most people, it's because the way science was taught to them before was very intimidating, and daming memorization. Parang ha, but naman kailangan ng ganito. I mean, yeah. yeah, right. So it's like, how can you, parang how can we boost science and science communication in the Philippines? If like when you're in grade school, you're scared now of 
talking about science because it's all just memorization, right? But the fact is, is that science is so cool. Science can be fun, and science can be so random. So I hope that the education system can kind of inculcate that more. That the process of science is actually pretty fun. Yeah. Yep. So um, I I guess my last question, Kami, would be if you have any tips or advice for students who'd like to pursue the field of psychom. Like, how can we also support them if they want to enter the field? So I think that you know you know how they say maybe this is terrible advice to give in a podcast, but but they say collect, 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 and then select. So I mean that's that's the usual dating advice you go from you know the lolas and lolos, but. I think the same advice also applies to science communication and to science and in life. Actually, there's a whole world of science communication out there. I think that I managed to find my niche in science writing and science editing because precisely I explored that whole world. So, volunteering at the local science museum or whatever organization there is that is science oriented, or you know, watch these science YouTube videos or be inspired to make your own. You know, if you want to go to the more academic route, then you can research on the different universities, local and abroad. If you want to make science-related uh, art, you know, Instagram is there, and there's a whole following that you can have. So basically, just try to dip your toes into as many different types of science communication as possible. Don't be afraid. Um, I think that because science communication is such a niche field in the Philippines. If you manage to kind of carve your own niche within that niche, then it's very, it's quite easy to kind of, you know, promote your advocacies and also get your name out there. Because you know, I feel in some ways that's how my journey also started. Because um, there's not a lot of formally trained science communicators back home. So alam mo yun kapag kailangan ng resource person, edi. You know who are they gonna call? It's usually the the same set of people, to be honest. So yeah, it's a really there's a lot of things to to explore in science communication. So I really hope that more people will enter the field and that someday, you know, science and science communication won't won't be these niche fields back home. Hopefully someday, when when I say that I'm a science communicator back home, the first reaction wouldn't be "ha ano yan." It's more of like "okay, cool." I know what you're doing, and I like what you're doing. Yep. I really hope that happens in like real soon. Like when you tell someone I'm a science communicator, they'll be like, "Wow, that's amazing!" And I want, I also want to enter the field. I'm interested in learning more about the field. So, thank you so much, Kami. Do you would you like to add anything else? Maybe say any uh, to say anything else related to the podcast? Sure. So. I mean, of course, this is a bit of a plug, but I mean, for the listeners of Pinoy's Can Stem and the Stem Talks podcast, I hope you guys can also check out uh, Pinoy Scientists for a source of role models in the field as well. So basically, Pinoy Scientists, we have these different scientists who take over each week, and they basically tell us about their lives as a Pinoy scientist. And with this week, um, it's actually quite inspirational because it's a materials engineer who you might want to to also highlight. Someday in STEM talks,、um, she's a materials engineer, and her post actually went viral recently because she was saying that she was a terrible student on paper, but she, you know, she really thrived outside the classroom, and now she's happy working as a materials engineer for 
a local company back home. So that just goes to show you what you were saying, Diane, right? Like it's the stories of these scientists, of failure, of getting back up that ultimately defines science and life as a whole. So, so yeah, I hope that you guys can also check it out along with, of course, the content on the Nice Kids Den. STEM Talks is powered by STEM Plus PH, the flagship program of UNAM Foundation. Make sure to subscribe and follow this podcast as well as our Facebook page, STEM Plus PH or at stemph.rocks. You can also follow our Instagram at underscore stemph for more updates. Make sure to tag us when you share our episodes and use the hashtags stemph, stemfi, and stemphrocks. We can't wait to stemify the future of the Philippines with you.